Chiefs D-line needs to take a step forward and continue what they did great in 2022. Who's going to be there today on Locked On Chiefs? From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, everybody. It is D-line day. As we go through what this, this particular roster looks like right now, pre-camp, getting ready for it, should be coming very, very quickly for you. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, NFL33.com and RGR Football. Thanks for making us your first listen. Check out another Lockdown show for your next one because we're here five days a week. You everydayers already know that. But if you like sub and hit that bell here on YouTube and hit the Spotify and or the Apple platforms, you can get it on audio too. So we do our best to cover this team all the way around every day of the week, as does everybody else on this network. So check out another show on the Locked On Network. And please, if you want to get on the text game, hit us right now at 816-357-8781 and get on the list. And I'm Chris Clark from Chiefs Corner. There's a ton to talk about when we start getting into the D-line and what it is going to mean for this roster and for this team in 2023 because it's changing. It's one of the position groups that probably changed the most in a lot of ways. You know, and it's funny because it's a significant departure from Frank Clark, uh, who is now a Denver Bronco of all things. I know nobody's really happy about that, nor should we be, and that's okay. Uh, but that changes take the perspective it, here. You can take it both ways, considering he didn't really do much in the regular season. I don't know that he's really going to give them much. Uh, I don't see them making the playoffs, but that's neither here nor there. Well, and that's a that's a fair concept, but he did provide some leadership and certainly that that kind of like edge to this group, uh, that that attitude of, of being in the underdog and having to prove yourselves. Chris Jones isn't necessarily that guy. I think he can grow into that guy. Obviously, he's out right now with the contract situation. Hopefully by now we've, we've heard this. We are recording this a little bit ahead of time, folks, that I'm on vacation, but I think that's probably the the more missing part is is the off the field piece the um, the attitude generation that Chris Jones is more of a jovial dude right so you need somebody to be that guy to push that group and hopefully one of the other starters can pick that up because uh, there's another new starter replacing Frank Clark is going to be Charles Amenahue is he going to stay out there on the edge the whole time no we've talked all off season about how he's likely to move around the defensive front but he should be a starter week one from the get go Chris Jones obviously. Derek Nottie's back. Derek Nottie's going to hold down that kind of one-tech, nose-tackle kind of guy that's going to play early downs. He'll be relieved for pass rush, and that's pretty much the way that it's going to go. And then what do we see from the leap from George Karloftis? Those are your starting four, and it's not really in much of a discussion, is it? really isn't. I, I don't think that there's going to be much discussion when it comes to those positions, other than I will say – there is a very, very slight chance Derek Naughty isn't your starter at defensive tackle. I would say that it's likely he is, uh, but I would say that it's also a possibility maybe Keandre Coburn show, comes in and shows him something during camp that Naughty can't. I don't expect that to be the case, but that's the only position on that defensive line really that I think is even semi up for grabs. Yeah, and we'll talk about Coburn in the next segment, you know, as the backups. And obviously, rookies always got the potential but we don't know until we see. So right now, pre-camp, it's going to yep. be Derek Nottie. When they walk in week one, day one of camp, it's going to be Derek Nottie. What does that give us overall, like from, from year to year? What does that tell us about the transition? Because for me, I like him in here. I don't know about manning the outside as much as I like him inside, 
this looks to me like a possible drop in total production of pressures and certainly sacks where they were second in the league last year. Yeah, it definitely could be. And I think that that's a, that's problematic. The big question is going to be is when you look at what Frank Clark brought, Frank Clark didn't bring a lot of sacks. He did bring pressure. Some uh, didn't get a ton of pressure, but that's going to be the question mark is can they replace the pressure that he did bring? And did he bring pressure in ways that he didn't get credit for. And what I mean by that mm-hmm. is did his his pass rush get them to defend or to try to hold off the Chiefs defensive line in a different way than they will have to this season because Omenihu is the guy as opposed to Frank Clark. Karloftis, it's a big question. Is he going to be able to grow? Is he going to be able to extend what he was able to do last year? If he can do that and he can build on what he did last year, maybe they see a – not necessarily a drop-off, but maybe they stay about the same as where they were last year. You, you would hope so. I mean, and for me, it's always about the pressures versus the sacks because of this simple fact. Sacks are completely variable every season, year to year to year, player to player to player. But if you are consistently putting up pressures, it means you're within striking distance of hitting that sack and taking that quarterback out that particular play. So that's what I'm really looking for is, can they start off the year in particular in producing that number of pressures and then they can work on, on what I call finish percentage is once you, you've earned a pressure, do you actually finish it with a sack? That's going to be the key. And I think well, many of you shown, especially from inside, that he has a good finish percentage. It's going to be about Karloff is taking his game up is going to be the, the biggest dynamic in, in this group for me. No, and I agree. And I think that the other thing that needs to be taken into account, and I know you know this, but we haven't talked about it. Just because you get a sack doesn't mean that – just because you don't get a sack and you get a pressure doesn't mean you don't affect the play. Mm-hmm. Pressure can create turnover chances. Pressure can create, uh, you know, passes that are incomplete or plays that basically go nowhere because pressure was there. So pressure can be almost as effective as a sack. Not quite, but almost as effective at times, depending on what actually happens with that pressure. Because if Karloftis is getting more pressures this year than he was last year, and he's maybe not getting home, does he? Does it lead to more picks by the Chiefs' DBs? Does it lead to poorer decisions by the QBs that they're facing? Uh, does it lead to more third downs that they're not able to connect with the player that they're throwing to because somebody is getting in their face and they can't see the the throw the throwing lane right? I mean, there's lots of different ways pressure can affect affect a play. So sacks are great, but it's pressure that really is going to matter. And that's going to be the key to how good this Chiefs defense could really be. And the great thing about this roster is they're going to have rotation. Who are the backups that are going to come in? We're going to take a look at those, the number twos, and how often they're going to be on the field right after this, because we have a really exciting offer now from our newest sponsor. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks every week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for the draft or working that waiver wire, every week we're going to give you players that are guaranteed to fit your roster. So with draft prep underway for this season, let's see who Vinny has set up for us with eBay's guaranteed fits, the fantasy picks of the week. And it starts at the very top with the running back position, especially if you're in the hunt for the number one overall pick. Christian McCaffrey has got to be the way to go. He is a guaranteed fit. The 49ers running back is going to get 300 touches again. It's his first full season in San Francisco, and he's going to be the centerpiece no matter who the quarterback ends up being. So he is a pick that you have to go after and get. Run CMC with that guaranteed fit right now at your number one running back. And then 
Vinny's going to give you continual advice as we're going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Owners knows a championship team is about each player with a perfect fit, same as your vehicle. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle are right at your fingertips, and you can make sure that your ride runs smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shocks, even down to struts, everything that you need, you name it, eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure that it's the right fit for your car because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank that AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up. Because now, you know that you'll be always be able to find that success and get it right the first time from the get-go. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. The parts, the accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for that green check. Get the parts, the right parts, the right fit, and all the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Get after it. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only and exclusions do apply. This is what I want to get into next, and that's just the fact that we can look at starters versus looking at the backups, but it's going to be, I think, an expanded rotation this year over what we saw last year. They already had a, a good group of players that were getting snaps and getting passer snaps in particular. I think that's going to expand this season because of the versatility across the front. There's plenty of guys here, but who stands out to you on the second tier? Mike Dana. I think it has to be Mike Dana. You look at what he has brought to this team over the past several seasons. Uh, you know, he's dealt with injury at times, but he has been consistent. Uh, he is a guy that usually is always able to get pressure uh, in some way, shape, or form. And I think that he is going to be somebody – he's playing in contract year. This is a huge year for him. Uh, he has to have a good season in order to be able to get a decent contract on the market. I don't know that he's going to be a guy that can ever be a 10 or 15 sack guy and a starter elsewhere uh, because I don't see him being that in Kansas City. I don't see that he can step into that or he would have at least – uh, started to be that so far. But I think Dana is a guy that is definitely going to be somebody that you're going to have to watch this season, and I think he's going to be playing a key role uh, for the Chiefs in getting pressure. Yeah, I, I have to agree. And the key thing for me is that Mike plays light. He's listed at 257 here on the Chiefs official website. I don't think he's actually that light. I think he's probably more 265-ish, that kind of thing. But he still is producing from inside as well as outside at a lighter weight. And that gives me hope for the other guy that's probably going to be the second uh, rotational D end with him. And that's going to be Felix Adjike Uzama, who I think is right about the same weight. He is a little bit taller. He's definitely a lot longer. And I think that's going to be an advantage. But you can see both of them here are, are the primary backups to come in at the edge position. We have some others that are going to be outliers. We'll talk about them here in a bit. But when you talk about replacing them, I think those guys are going to come in pretty quickly because – you're going to take uh, Amenihu and reduce him down inside on passing down. That's going to pull Derek Nottie off the field in all likelihood. And so then who gets to get those pass rush snaps across from George Karloftis? I think it's going to start with Mike Dan, but we might see Felix eat into his snaps eventually. But the good thing about that is you can put Mike inside as well. And then you can bring on the next guy. And the third tier here, we're going to talk about them in the next segment. I think there's a lot of upside there. And there's certainly some diversity in what they bring in terms of their physicality, uh, explosiveness, and size in particular. But the question well, becomes, if you need to put more D tackles on the field, who comes off the bench first with 
a rookie and Turk Wharton coming off of a serious injury. I think it has to be Wharton. I, I do want to say really quick about Dana. Uh, I'm not going to be surprised if he doesn't start a couple of games for Kansas City this year, just because they've used him in that role at different times, injuries notwithstanding, because they use him for also his run defense. So just mm-hmm. know that that's possible this season, regardless of how they have it listed. Uh, Omini, he was going to be looked at as a starter, but Dana could come in and start a couple of games and play a lot of snaps, especially if they're going up against a run-heavy team. To get back to your original question, though, Warden is going to be that guy, I think, that's going to be the third guy in more of a pass rush type than anything else. And I think that's the big thing is he's going to be a guy that they don't necessarily have to maybe bring a mini Hugh inside. Maybe they just bring in Warden. But the question with Warden, and it's like you said, he's coming off a major injury. And an ACL, is he going to have the explosion that he had last season? Is he going to have the explosion that he had before the injury? Those injuries usually take two years to heal. This could be a situation where that's going to be problematic for Kansas City because we've talked also the defensive tackle is a place where they don't have a ton of depth. You know, you look at Keandre Coburn, he could be a great player for this team, but you're going to expect that he's going to be more run defense oriented as opposed to a pass rush guy. And that's going to be the big question mark with him is can he produce the pass rush that is going to help him get on the field a little bit earlier than what you would expect. Well, and Brett Veach and the front office are banking on their evaluation because I would have the same question. Given his size, his his relative uh, lack of height, you'd be concerned about that. But he was able to produce pressure in college very, very well, especially for a nose tackle type, a guy that can line up at the one tech in particular. So you want to see that carry over. I will not be surprised if he is the first guy in the rotation at defensive tackle in this particular camp because of Turk's situation. I think we may see a little bit limiting of reps early for Turk Warden until he gets up to speed. And you're right. That second year back from an ACL is generally the the delineation point for when a player's confidence kicks in. It's not necessarily a physical limitation. It's actually playing up to your full ability because you've been injured and you haven't been back out there. So we may see Turk Warden take a little bit of time to get back into the mix. Yeah, it's absolutely possible. And that's going to be the big question. If he does take back – if he does take the time to get back into the mix, that becomes and makes the Chiefs' defensive tackle situation even more dire to where maybe they need to add somebody. Maybe they need to be looking at teams that may be having to cut somebody because of you know cap space. Or I, I know they don't have the cap space right now, the Chris Jones situation. We talked about it ad nauseum. But they're going to have to be looking potentially for another defensive tackle that can add pass rush. But they're going to know where Wharton is a lot more than we are. We haven't seen him in OTAs. We don't know how he's moving around in OTAs. And we're really going to finally get an idea as to how he can move around when you get into camp and see, does that explode? Is that explosion still there? Is he able to hit? Is he able to, you know, produce the explosion needed to be able to get after the passer and get into the offensive lineman that he's going after? Yeah. And that's the thing is OTAs, they're passing camp. You don't don't get much contact. So that's going to be very specifically what we have to look at first. Now, folks, tomorrow we're going to go over the offensive line, so don't miss that. And remember, we're here five days a week, so if you haven't heard the rest of this week's show, go back and get those. Because next, we do the D-line, and then next week, Chris is going to have Monday locked down. Tuesday, we're going to start to see players arrive. That's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be back in the mix there. And remember, all week long, every day of the week, we're going to have something for you. We have to get into what are the possibilities. We've named eight players so far. I think they're all locks. We'll discuss who could push for this 53-man, who should be on the practice squad next.
And this group, there's a fair volume of guys. There are 16, 17 deep right now, the defensive line. And I think that's what's key here is, again, the rotation has to come on. I feel although the previous eight guys that we've talked about are all locks for this roster, I don't see any way around any other. Do you? No, I don't think so. Okay. Unless uh, I, I will throw the outlier out of unless somebody comes in and just outplays somebody, but I can't see any of these guys getting outplayed enough to where they're not even on the roster. Agreed. Yeah, that, that's where I'm at as well. I mean, obviously, in the case of an injury, we'd see something change, but just on merit alone and, and expectation of what they're going to be able to do on the field, that's pretty straightforward. So when we look at the rest, we're probably talking about two spots left on the 53. I think they can carry 10 D linemen overall. That's what I put in my last, like, first look at the 53. I think you agreed, right? I, I could be wrong, but there's a possibility there. Uh, so who who's fighting for those two spots? I think it comes down to a couple of players. And you guys can see here on – this is our lad's depth chart. We use that as a, as a perfunctory uh, look before we get into camp. There's a lot of familiar names here. Danny Shelton, who actually looks a little bit trimmed down from in OTAs from what I've seen in the past, so good for him. I think he's a perfect candidate to be on the practice squad again, as he was last year in a call-up situation, break glass if needed, pull him onto the roster. I think that the next guy, a D tackle for me would be Daniel Wise, because I think he has that pass rush upside. <laughs> Whereas Matt Dickerson is a little bit, uh, I would call him a more of an overall type guy. And Phil Hoskins, I think is still trying to get to the point where he could push for the roster. I really don't see that happening. Do you? Uh, and, it, and it doesn't hurt that Daniel Wise went to KU, I'm sure. Well, we weren't so, going to talk uh, about that, but yes. <laughs> yeah. So I just wanted to point that out. And I actually, I went back and I looked. I only had nine defensive linemen on my roster. So ah. to me, I think it could be five DNs and four D tackles. I just don't know. You know, like you talked about with Danny Shelton last year, they had him on the practice squad. They didn't even bring him up for a game, I don't think. So, and and there were a couple of games where we thought, okay, this is a perfect game to bring Danny Shelton up because you're going to want that extra run defender, and it would be a great time for them to bring him up. They didn't bring him up at all last year. So, is it possible they keep five defensive tackles? The only way I see them keeping five defensive tackles is if they go out and they get somebody else. I don't think that there's a fifth on the roster right now. Uh, When I look at this roster, I'm thinking if they're going to go heavy at one position – on D-line, it's going to be defensive end, and I do think that they're going to keep nine. Uh, it's possible to get to 10, but when you start looking at the rest of the roster, and we've already talked about this quite a bit, when you start looking at cutdowns, the question is, where are you going to go short? Are you going to short it at wide receiver, tight end, running back, uh, offensive line? Um, I know you think that they're going to go short at QB, which is possible, but they haven't in the past, so – that's the big question mark when you start getting these positional groups is where are you going to lose somebody else? Well, and I'll tell you, there's still a couple of options out there if they chose to go that direction. Uh, Brandon Williams was on this roster last year and is currently still a free agent. So if they felt they needed to go back to that, um, right now, Danny's still on, on the roster but didn't play, whereas Brandon did. So I think there's there's a discrepancy there that we could see come back into play. That's okay. So they don't have the money right now, which is why he's not here. <laughs> Right. There's uh, the edge is a different, uh, a different story to me. If we, if we take a look at that again, a lot of familiar names here. Now, our lad still has Malik Herring as the number three on the right hand side. Uh, I'm not sure that's the way that it works out. Josh Kano is still on here. This is obviously going to be it for Josh Kano. He's, he's got to make this roster now if he's going to do it. I don't know that there's upside to keeping him on the practice squad if he can't make the 53. Do you? 
I don't think so, but what I would also say is I think Joshua not only needs to make the roster and not like not be just good enough to make the roster, but he needs to be pushing to actually get playing time to be somebody that they're going to consider keeping on the roster. Agreed. He's an older prospect that they, that hasn't panned out to this point. You have other guys that you're going to have that you're going to think can maybe produce a little bit more and maybe project a little bit further to get better in a guy like B.J. Thompson. Just as just an example, I'm not saying B.J. Thompson is going to be great, mm-hmm. but you're going to project somebody that's coming out as having an opportunity to get a little bit better and produce more in the future as opposed to a guy that's been here now, what, three seasons? This will be his third season and hasn't really sniffed playing time. Right. Malik Herring's been ahead of him despite being injured for his entire rookie season. That's still the case right now as it stands here on our visual. I agree with that. The question is going to be the two guys that are the change of pace dudes, and that is B.J. Thompson, uh, a fresh draft pick in the fifth round, and Truman Jones, an undrafted free agent. They are both lighter guys. Uh, Let me flip back here so we can take a look. Um, 250 at 6'3 for Truman Jones uh, and 240 at six foot six for BJ Thompson. Now BJ is a, a really interesting athlete because he can play backwards. He can get into drops. We've seen him actually even align at practice uh, in the slot of all things, uh, kind of that like uh, force player that you've seen at Clemson over the years. Those guys are both, I think a little bit outside of the box, but they do provide the one thing that we haven't gotten from this group so far. And that is a true speed rush guys that are more explosive than they are powerful. And I think that's something to keep in the back of the bag. So if I was going to bet on, you know, who the the nine and 10 players are, to me, it would be Herring and BJ Thompson. Do you disagree? Do you have any feel for that? No, I don't disagree. And I think the big question when you get to this point is, you know, is Herring showing enough to make you want to keep him? He played well enough, I thought, to be on the roster last year, but he never actually really did anything when he got, you know, when he was on the roster. I don't think he was very active very many games. Uh so then you get into B.J. Thompson. What's he going to bring this year? And, and quite frankly, what it comes down to with Thompson is do they give him somewhat of the Joshua Kando treatment where they kept Kando on the on the active roster his rookie season and he didn't even do anything. So yeah. is that something that they're possibly going to do with B.J. Thompson just to be able to give him a year to develop and try to get into more of an NFL shape to be able to contribute down the road? I think it's a little more than that personally, uh, just from seeing a a bit of his film, uh, because I do think the physicality is there. I see B.J. Thompson as the uh, defensive line version of Joshua Williams in the secondary last year, making a huge jump up to this level of play. But he's got the physicality for it. So let him grow into it and see what happens. So that's kind of where I land on him. We'd like to know what you guys think. Who are you excited for to maybe push for the roster? Who are you excited to keep on the practice squad and continue to develop? There's going to be plenty of guys out here as we get through that. So make sure if you want on the text line, it's 816-357-8781. So you can get in the know there. We're going to be back tomorrow looking at the offensive line group because they are the guys in charge of job number one and protecting Patrick Mahomes. If you haven't seen uh, my Secret Service take over on RGR, uh, you can check that out and get in the RGR store. Uh, some fun stuff over there right now. Uh, that goes into next uh, this next group coming tomorrow. So thank you for your time today. We appreciate you. Make sure you get liked and sub here on this channel and on Spotify and Apple for the audio platforms. Thanks for being with us today. We'll talk to you.